Welcome to Windsor's Truth, the podcast where you get the opinion of people from all around our community on one simple question. What is the biggest issue Windsor faces? I'm Maya McHale, your host, and welcome to the one show where you will get to hear different points of views from some amazing people from right here in Windsor, Ontario. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Windsor's Truth, the podcast where you get a taste of Windsor's not-so-positive attributes. I'm your host, Maya McHale, and today we will be talking to Lauren Goddard. Hi, Lorraine. How are you? I'm fantastic, Maya. How are you? I'm great. So, for viewers who may not know you, do you mind introducing yourself? Sure. So, um, I am the uh, Chief Executive Officer for United Way of Windsor-Essex, and uh, what that means is... Um, I'm kind of the leader of a team of super talented, super committed uh, people who are working hard to help build a stronger community for everyone in Windsor-Essex. That's amazing. So obviously your organization is very involved in so many issues, right? So what do you believe is the biggest problem we face as a community? Well, if we take COVID-19 off the table, because I think that's the top of everyone's mind these days, if we take that off the table, um, you know, one of the things that United Way has been really committed to, um, you know, we've been in our community for 75 years, but I would say really in about the last 10 years is we've really been committed to looking at what does the data tell us in our community, right? We talk to a lot of people, um, and we get a lot of information from people, but does the data really uh, reflect what we're hearing? And so one of the things that really struck us as we've been tracking data over the past 10 years is just the increasing number of families that are um, living in low income or living in poverty. And when we look at the numbers of how many children, particularly in key neighborhoods in our community, we really felt very passionate about this. You know, kids are our future. And, you know, we felt that we had to do more and we had to work differently in order to really tackle this problem. And so for United Way uh, today, we feel that uh, building a more equitable community um, where all kids have the opportunity to succeed no matter where you were born and what your postal code is. And so that's kind of our mission right now. That's amazing. So is your organization like doing any campaigns? Oh, can't hear you. <laughs> Sorry about that. Is your organization doing any campaigns or anything like that to help it? Uh, yes, we are right now. Um, United Way is working with 50 community leaders um, and we've created this, I guess, a collective group and it's called Prosper Us because we're striving for a more prosperous community for everyone. And these 50 community leaders have made, uh, drove a stake in the ground to say, we're committed to tackling this problem of childhood poverty. And what we're developing right now is what we call a cradle to career strategy. And so we're looking at uh, how do we support kids from, you know, actually from the time they're still in their mother's womb, right? So prenatal, 
uh, right through uh, kindergarten. They're, you know, making sure that they can um, excel in their grade three literacy testing, their grade six math. They graduate high school, they can move on to post-secondary, and then into a career. Because ultimately, we really believe that the clearest pathway out of poverty is through getting a good education and a good job. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So can anyone in the community support this cause? Like that Uh, campaign? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Um, United Way, as you know, we go out, um, not unlike yourself, going out and raising dollars for really important uh, causes and things that you're passionate about. United Way does that too. So every year we run a formal fundraising campaign, but we also take donations anytime during the year. And all of those uh, donations are going directly to support uh, cradle to career uh, strategy in Windsor and Essex County. So all the dollars stay local and they go directly to help kids and families help lift them up so they can, you know, achieve success in their lives. Right. So how can people like a lot of people might not really know about this issue, right? So Mm -hmm. how can people educate themselves about this? Well, people can go to our website because we do have a lot of information available um, and data available. Um, You know, a lot of people might be surprised that in some of our neighborhoods in our community, um, more than 50% of the kids growing up are living in poverty. And when you live in uh, growing up in poverty, it presents a lot of unique barriers that you or I, um, my or my kids may not have experienced. And it affects their ability to be successful in school. Um, So you can go to United Way's website, weareunited.com. You can go to um, all kinds of different uh, websites. You can talk to different organizations that uh, serve the community, whether it's organizations that support homeless uh, people who are homeless, whether it's uh, organizations that uh, support you know, children in after-school programs. Uh, there's all kinds of information out there. Right. So your goal is to, as you stated, correct me if I'm wrong, but your goal is to make sure that all youth in our community get the same opportunity and that they all get that opportunity to succeed, correct? Absolutely. That is it. So what can we do to make that happen? Is it funding? Is it continuing to uh, campaign for it? Like, what can we do to make that happen? Well, um, I think the first thing is, you know, especially if you're a young person, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, stigma if you're growing up in poverty, right? Uh, young, these, these young people might not be able to afford the nice uh, running shoes or the cool backpack or have a lot of the, you know, the cool clothing that um, helps to define you as a young person. So I think as a young person, you can have empathy and be really considerate about uh, your fellow students and, and maybe some of the challenges that they and their family are experiencing and not discriminate against them because you know, as much as there's a stigma on a lot of different issues, definitely there is poverty. So as a young person, that's something you can do and stick up for your friends who might who might have fallen behind or, and are struggling. The second thing we can do is volunteer. 
right? Uh, there's lots of opportunities to uh, help support uh, young people and their families, whether or not, I mean, obviously with COVID-19 right now, we can't really come together, but when um, we are able to come together, there's all kinds of volunteer opportunities to you know, go and, and help um, at a food bank or to go and help an after-school program. So volunteering is a great thing. And then the other thing you can do is certainly um, help to raise dollars because, you know, it's the dollars that help us to deliver really important uh, programs and provide really critical supports for people. Yeah, so going on about the volunteering thing, does the United Way have any volunteering opportunities? And if so, is it mainly focused for um, maybe youth volunteers or adult volunteers? Like, how does that work? Um, we have both, right? So it really depends on what um, the, the volunteer role would be. So when we think about our events, right, uh, we look at having young people volunteer as well as adults. Um, you know, certain type of activities within the programs we deliver, um, oftentimes young people can um, uh, volunteer in it. Um, but then there are also volunteer roles that really do require an adult. So it really depends on what your interest is and, um, you know, what your availability is uh, determines how we can place you as a volunteer. Right. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. So do you suggest that all Windsorites go for it and come volunteer with you guys and everything like what would you say that (laughs) everybody should volunteer even if it's a little bit every year you know um, when I think about um, the contribution of volunteers it's enormous really and if we didn't have volunteers there there would be so many things that we wouldn't be able to do because it would just the cost would be too high and when you think about your own fundraising efforts Maya how many young people are volunteering to help you out as well right Right. and if you had to go and pay every one of those volunteers for their time you would probably not raise as much money right? right so I just think volunteering is a really good way to give back to your community you might not have the money uh, to contribute, but certainly you can give up some time. Right, for sure. Um, so we also talked about funding, right? You need those mm-hmm. dollars to plan those events. Does the United Way have any like goals that they're trying to reach for? Or is it kind of just we're trying to raise as much as we can? Well, we're always say we're trying to raise as much as we can. So we absolutely are. However, for Cradle to Career, we do have a kind of a minimum goal that we need to raise. And that's $15 million um, in order for us to be able to support Cradle to Career strategy in our community. So it would support things like making sure that kids who need children's mental health services, that we can bring more of those services into our community and to pay for them. Or it may mean that uh, young people who can't afford technology and access to technology, that we can get that technology to them. It could mean things like, um, you know, how do we bring um, uh, really good school nutrition programs for students that really need that help? These things all cost money to run, right? And so, you know, we know that if we can raise the $15 million, we can support a lot of these really important uh, programs that would really help, you know, lift kids up, um, particularly in priority neighborhoods in our community. Yeah, I completely agree. So Cradle to Career, obviously, as you mentioned, it's like 
if it's technology or if it's um, providing food programs for kids who might not really have that opportunity. So obviously, I'm guessing you work hand in hand with school boards and whatsoever mm-hmm. to help that out, right? Um, yeah. And a lot of us youth, we can't really help out with dollars. So what can mm-hmm. we help to what can we do to help cradle to careers? Um, I think that to me, you know, the first thing would be like when COVID-19 is, is ended, look for ways to volunteer. But I think the other thing that can start right away is how do we reduce stigma against kids um, who are facing lots of barriers, who, again, who may not have the fancy shoes or the nice backpack or the, you know, the brand name clothing um, that already feel like they're different and they don't fit in. Um, who maybe are struggling to keep up with their fellow classmates in some of the, you know, areas of of subject matter areas. How do you become their ally and their friend and support them and help them? I think that's the number one thing every young person across our community could begin to do to help support kids who are struggling. Right. So we talked about um, maybe the kids struggling. So what do you think are factors that, um, that, contribute to that issue and how can we as a community prevent that from happening well some really basic things you know like you know most of us probably don't have to worry whether or not when we um you know get home from school whether we're going to have dinner that night or whether or not i'm going to have enough food to make a lunch and go to school with the lunch there's a lot of kids whose families really have a hard time making ends meet. So if you think about that alone, if you haven't really had a dinner and you don't have a lunch and you're really hungry, think about how difficult that is to concentrate on your schoolwork, right? I mean, right then and there, you're already disadvantaged because, you know, if, if, if your stomach is rumbling and, and it's hurting, you can't concentrate on your studies and that's just gonna ultimately push you behind, right? That's a really simple example, but there's also a lot of stress when you're growing up in a family that's struggling to keep the heat on or keep the lights on or bring food to the table. That creates a lot of stress for young people, and that can uh, create other mental health issues. And so that in and of itself would affect a child's ability, a young person's ability to go to school every day, to feel like they're focused and they're they're concentrating on their studies. So, I mean, those are just two very basic examples of how, you know, living in poverty and the barriers that kids and families face, how it kind of contributes to them falling behind in school. Right. So if there's like as we said, it can contribute to mental health issues. So mm-hmm. does the United Way have any, I don't know if it's maybe one-on-one or a group thing, to help kids who may be struggling with those mental health issues? Yes, um, right now we support Windsor uh, Essex Family Services and they provide uh, counseling. United Way um, invests in counseling. So if you go and uh, need counseling services, you can call Family Service Windsor-Essex and um, if you pay whatever you can afford. So no one is turned away because you can't pay for the service. So that's, that's one of United Way's single largest investment is um, providing mental health services for our community through a very qualified organization with professional counselors uh, available. Right. So 
A lot of people, so for the viewers who may not know, I myself have my own little um, group that help po like the poverty and mental health and everything, like all causes in the city. Um, and one thing that I've heard a couple times, which has really bugged me as a person, is poverty doesn't exist. That's not something that's <laughs> true. So what do you have to say to those people? Well, I, I say that they're probably kind of living in their own bubble. Um, and I've heard that too, Maya. And, you know, when I talk about different neighborhoods and the high levels of poverty in them, people are shocked. And I ask the next question is, when's the last time you've driven through those neighborhoods? Or when's the last time you've talked to people who live in those neighborhoods, right? Because what happens over, what's happened over time is, you know, they call it kind of like sprawl, your city sprawls that grows out. So a lot of the people that, you know, were living maybe in these uh, priority neighborhoods, um, you know, they started to earn more money and they wanted to have bigger houses and bigger yards and they could afford it. And so they moved out. And who's left in these neighborhoods are the people that could never afford to leave, right? They're, they're in that neighborhood. And the more that people have left um, that have more money and the, the greater number of people that are left behind that have less money, what you see happening is, you know, all of a sudden there's not as much money being spent at grocery stores. So the grocery stores closed and then you end up with very few places for people to buy affordable food and you end up with what we call food deserts. Um, you know, then other services that might have been available like city pools and libraries start to close because these folks can't really afford a car and can't get to use these services or don't have enough money to pay for public swimming. So now you see the breakdown of all of these other services and supports in these neighborhoods. But of all the people that moved out, they never drive through them anymore, so they don't know. They don't know people that live in them. So that's why it's important that you know, we share the data when we're talking about this, right? We have lots of reports on our website that talk about the data and what's happening in, in some of our neighborhoods and our across Windsor-Essex. So that's what I tell people is I say, here's some data, please read this. Please drive through these neighborhoods and please maybe talk to some people that live there. Educate yourself, right? Because it's easy for all of us to live in our own little bubbles and not realize what's happening kind of beyond our, our, our boundaries that we have placed uh, for us. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And it's honestly, it's so sad that there's still people in our community that believe those type of things. Like poverty is real and it, it, honestly, it's super sad and it's like heartbreaking that there's um kids my age kids younger than me or even older than me that are going through these things and it's so important to realize how privileged we are to have that opportunity and I believe I, and I agree with you that everyone should have the opportunity to make it out successful so exactly yeah absolutely and I believe um that us as a community we have so much of a say right but to make of like a province-wide or, or a nationwide change. We really need the, um, the support of our municipal, provincial, and federal government. So do you have any, like, whether it's ideas or any suggestions for them as to what they can do to support the youth? 
Well, I mean, we know that the federal government has um, already um, in the last couple of years added, um, increased the child tax benefit, right? And that directly helps uh, families living with low income. Now they're proposing uh, $10 a day childcare. I mean, that's a game changer for families. You know, when you think about, um, you know, there's very limited affordable childcare spaces that are funded. So if you're, um, you know, parents and, um, you know, you're just making kind of minimum wage or a little bit above, you can't afford to pay for childcare and go to work. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't do both because you don't make enough money. So that actually keeps people on social assistance, which is such low income, right? So by, by, you know, providing childcare um, is a game changer. Also, we know the housing, um, you know, affordable housing is very limited and our housing costs are rising like exponentially in our community. If people uh, can't afford their housing anymore, then they become at risk of homelessness and that's just a whole nother set of problems. So I do think the government needs to really um, increase the stock of affordable housing across Windsor and Essex County. I mean, those are like two, I think, um, game-changing opportunities um, and also, I would say, um, you know, making sure that our minimum wage um, actually can help to support uh, an individual, right? That it's it's high enough when we look at what, as we call it, our mar- our market basket, right? So the market basket measure is uh, based on every community. What does it cost to like, you know, on your average expenses in your community to like, you know, rent a place, to buy food, to pay for some health care, those kinds of things. So we want to make sure that our minimum wage actually allows people to kind of be able to just make ends meet. Right. So what do you have to say to teachers that are going through this? Like teachers that, are, that have students in their classrooms where they are not as privileged? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think teachers do an amazing job. And so I do applaud the teachers. And in the classroom, they're facing so many challenges. And again, like, I can't even imagine being an educator today with COVID-19 and all the challenges. But notwithstanding uh, today's challenges with the pandemic, I think that um, uh, educators understanding the barriers that a young person would experience because of poverty and understanding that Um, it's not that they're lazy, it's not that they don't care, it's that they do face all kinds of different barriers that, that, you know, are affecting their ability to excel in school or to even meet maybe some of the basic uh, minimum standards, Um, and that they need extra support, you know, academic support. And if the classroom teacher is not able to give it, maybe connect them with a community organization that can help them out of school. So I think just really understanding and empathizing with students and not labeling students, giving uh, them a chance to, um, you know, get the support they need and um, help them to reach their potential. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Lauren. Do you have any last like words, any last comments? Well, you know, I just think we have a a fantastic, generous community and you're part of that community, Maya, and the work that you're doing and we'll really applaud that. And we hope that you, you know, continue to do all of this fantastic work. And I know that there's a lot of other young people who have the capacity to do this. And I really encourage 
encourage them also in whatever way you can give back to your your community whether it's being nice to your fellow student whether it's volunteering or whether it's raising some money for a cause that's important to you we can all do our part um, to build a stronger community yeah i completely agree thank you so much laurie for coming on thank you maya take care you too. stay safe <laughs> Again, that was Lauren Guitard, and we'll see you next time on Windsor's Truth.